Trump seems to deem himself a shepherd who will not leave us nor forsake us. Christianity Today delves into the pronoun debate, and Jim Gaffigan calls a room of celebrities at the Golden Globes pedophiles. What? We've got all of this and much more. We start out the episode with some much-needed encouragement for all of you. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Good Ranchers. Go to GoodRanchers.com. Use code Allie at checkout. That's GoodRanchers.com. Code Allie. Hey guys, welcome to Relatable. Happy Monday and happy 2024, y'all. Oh my goodness. I can't believe that we are here in 2024 in an election year. It seems like yesterday I was waking up in the middle of the night and realizing that Trump had won the 2016 election. Oh my goodness. It's been a long time. And we're here. Relatable is here four days a week to keep you sane, to encourage you to not get stuck in the muck and the mire of our politics and our culture wars and the moral depravity of our nation. Well, we are going to talk about those things. We got to delve into those things, but we're not going to stay there. And so we're going to give you a nice mix of the evergreen, of the lighthearted, of the serious, of the sad, of the happy, of the hopeful, all of it, all of the above. And we've got all of those things actually on today's episode of Relatable, the first new episode of 2024. I just want to say thank you, Relatafam. We have been at this thing since 2018 at this point. We've been at Relatable since 2018. I think that we started once a week, and then we pretty quickly graduated to two times a week, and then we went to three times a week. We stayed at three times a week for a long time, and then we went to four times a week, and here we are still at four times a week, and you guys keep coming back, and you keep growing. And so thank you for that. Thank you so much for allowing us to do what we do. I love, I love this. I love this job. I love getting to do this. I was telling my husband last night, after three weeks off, sometimes you can have the Sunday scaries the day before you go back to do your job. Um, But I didn't feel that at all. I never feel that. I was telling my husband, I'm so excited. I'm so excited to go into the studio tomorrow and to talk and to talk to you guys. And so here I am. Thank you again. It's going to be a crazy, crazy wild year. I don't know what's going to happen, but that I know for sure. All right. Before we get into some of the news stories that we're going to talk about today, I just want to give you some encouragement. And I, I, I posted this on Instagram, on my Instagram stories the other day, and I got so much Uh, such a big response, such a huge, swift response to this simple little story that I thought, wow, this is obviously something that a lot of people need right now. This is in particular for my related gals that are, maybe you're in your last year of college, you're in your early 20s, but really this goes for any season of life. And so let me pull up this picture that I found as I was scrolling through as I was scrolling through Facebook the other day from 2013, and I saw this picture of myself with my deep side part in my crocheted infinity scarf, of course. This is very 2013-esque. And I just thought about my life then. And I got to thinking about what was going on in my mind, in my heart, in my life, in my spiritual life at the time. And even though you look at that picture and it might seem like I am happy. I really wasn't. I was going through so much at this time. I was 21, about to turn 22 in just a couple of months. And I was actually home. This was before Christmas break. This was after what would have been Thanksgiving break, but I was still home because I had gotten shingles. Now who gets shingles at the age of 21? Now, after I posted that question, a lot of you have messaged me saying that you got shingles when you were 16, 18, 22, whatever. Apparently it happens in really stressful times of your life which makes sense. So I got a really bad case of shingles. It was all on my neck and face and it was awful. I had to go home for three weeks and I was really stressed in this time because I was going through a really bad breakup after a long-term relationship. This is not what you want to go through really at any stage of your life, but especially your senior year of college when you're trying to picture your future and figure out what you're going to do after graduation. And so I was struggling. I was struggling having to leave school 
And right before my last semester of college for three weeks, I was struggling with this breakup. I was struggling uh, with the sickness that made me feel horrible. And I had no idea what I was going to do the next year. I had no idea what I was going to do after graduation. So there was just a, a lot of stress in my life and even sadness in my life at the time. And over the next few months, as I've talked about in my book, a lot of you already know this story, it was really bumpy. I tried to find satisfaction and fulfillment in all the wrong places from unhealthy relationships to being obsessed over uh, the food that I was eating, how much exercise I was getting, really just my image. I was trying so hard to find fulfillment and happiness in my self. Um, and it just wasn't working. And so I ended up just being a very sad, anxious person over the next over the next several months. Uh, thankfully, God's grace relentlessly pursued me and he brought me to a place of redemption and repentance, largely through a biblical counselor, which I've talked about before uh, after graduation. But in looking at this picture, I think about the fact that less than a year after this, less than a year after this picture in which I was so sad, I met my husband. Less than two years after this picture, I was married. And then I started speaking to college students, sorority girls specifically, about the importance of voting in the election. So this would have been 2015. And then three years later, I started my media career um, five years later, I became a mom and now here I am 10 years later and so much has changed and I'm so thankful for all of it. And I am blessed beyond anything that 21 year old self could have possibly imagined. Now a mom of three and getting to do this, uh, every day, there's just so much that I'm so thankful for that I could have never ever imagined or envisioned when I was that 21-year-old shingles-ridden sad girl in that picture. And I say all this to say not that God promises these things. He doesn't promise that our dreams are going to come true. He doesn't promise, unfortunately, marriage or motherhood or health or wealth. He doesn't promise any of these things. But what we can know for sure is that season that you're in, the season of sad or disappointment or looking at your future and it's shrouded in, in, in mystery, whatever disappointments that you are going through, we can trust that these things are temporary, that you will grow and change and be refined and be sanctified and that God's grace and faithfulness will be there and that there will be things that happen, not in the next 10 years, but in the next year, in the next month, that will surprise you. Um, a lot changes very quickly. I tell this to my single friends and my single related gals all the time is that a lot changes in a year. I know the situation might seem bleak when you're looking out there at the dating scene, but a lot can change in a year. And really for anyone in any stage of life, God will continue to surprise you with good things. Now, again, I am not saying that he promises uh, material wealth. I'm not saying that he promises fleeting sources of happiness or that all of your goals are going to be accomplished. I don't believe in that health and wealth prosperity gospel, but we do know because he is good, because he is gracious, because he is faithful, that he can be trusted to show up in ways that you cannot expect or see right now. If the only thing that God ever gave us was his gospel and his presence and his goodness and his word, that would be enough. And yet he continues to pour out gifts to his children, things that we can't now articulate or see or know of. And that's what you can trust, that things will happen that you can't now see, that he will pull you out of this era, this season of hardship and difficulty that you are now in, and that you will look back and you will see his hand in your life. You will look back and say, wow, man's rejection was God's protection. And I did not come up with that, by the way. I think that was Marion Jordan, an, an author, but I love that. And you will see how all of the disappointments that you went through, that God's providence and his sovereignty was in all of that. What's the Rascal Flatts song? God bless the broken road. <laughs> Something like that. Something like that. 
but biblical. Um, And so I just wanted to encourage you. It's the beginning of 2024. It's an election year. It's crazy. Crazy things are going to happen. Unexpected things are going to happen. But you can trust in God's faithfulness. In this season of sadness and disappointment that you're in, it will not last forever. And specifically for you college girls, you don't know what you're going to do next. That's okay. You're not supposed to know. You're not supposed to know. Well, if you do know, I guess that's fine. But you're not supposed to know what you're going to do for the next 10 to 20 years. You probably don't. You might have a rough idea of where you're going after graduation. It's okay if it's not your dream job. It's okay if you don't have it all together. It's okay if it's not paying you six figures and the you know, perfect city that you're wanting to live in. That's fine. You don't have to get your dream job after college to have a great life. And then maybe if you're going to have a career, have the career that you are looking for. You don't have to meet your husband in college in order to get married young or to get married at all. I know that it feels like at 22 years old, you have to know everything that you're going to do. You have to have everything together right now for your life to fall into place. That is just not true. Just trust God's timing. It is better than ours. And again, a lot can happen in a year. All right, let's get into this craziness, craziness, craziness that's happening in the world right now. But first, let me pause. Let me tell you about our first sponsor for the day. That is Adele Natural Cosmetics, New Year, same toxin-free cosmetic company that I absolutely love talking to you guys about. So maybe a New Year's resolution for you is to get less toxic in your life. And I'm not just talking about uh, that friend who won't stop talking about Taylor Swift. I am just kidding, Brie. I'm I am talking about the toxins in your makeup and in your skincare. And this is a switch that I made several years ago to Adele Natural Cosmetics. And I'm so glad that I did. I see a really big difference in the texture of my skin. And I can feel really good knowing that all of their ingredients are natural. And this is a Christian family-owned company. So I can feel good about where my money is going to. I use their essential cleanser, their essential moisturizer, their hydrating spray, especially right now. My skin tends to get really dry. So I use all Adele Natural Cosmetic uh cosmetic products in order to make sure that my skin stays moisturized. This also serves as a really great basis for your makeup too. Um, And I really like their natural makeup products, especially their cream foundation. It's what I wear when I'm not in the studio. So go ahead and check them out. AdeleNaturalCosmetics.com. Enter code Allie for 25% off your first purchase. That's AdeleNaturalCosmetics.com. Code Allie for 25% off your first purchase. AdeleNaturalCosmetics.com. Code Allie. Okay, Brie, I want to talk about this video that is going around that was originally posted by Trump on a Truth Social. I have yet to actually ever log into Truth Social. Have you ever been on Truth Social? No, I think I probably have an account, but no. Oh, really? See, I don't even (laughs) think I have an account. So, but all of the stuff that Trump says ends up on X, which you know what? More power to him for saying on Truth Social even after Elon Musk reinstated. Yeah. His Twitter I know, account. that's self-control, honestly. His ex account, it is. And you know what? He probably, <clears throat> well, I think he has a lot of self-control in some ways. Maybe not in others. Maybe yeah. not in others. And we're about to talk on that. Uh, talk about that. Okay, so uh, last Friday, former President Trump posted a video titled God Made Trump, which sounds like an AI voiceover parody based on Paul Harvey's God Made a Farmer monologue. So it appears that the video was created by uh, the Dilly meme team. Don't know what that is, but they have an X account. Uh, Trump supporting group of comedians and political commentators, not the official Trump campaign. Trump has been, so that's where it was originally posted. I think I said it was originally posted by Trump. It was originally posted here. Trump has been reportedly using it on the campaign trail in Iowa. OANN reporter Daniel Baldwin reported that the video was played in Mason City. Iowa. So, okay, um, we're going to play you. We're just going to play you a short part of this video that's going around. All right, here it is. God said, I need somebody who will be strong and courageous, who will not be afraid or terrified of the wolves when they attack. A man who cares for the flock, a shepherd to mankind who won't ever leave nor forsake them. I need the most diligent worker to follow the path and remain strong in faith and know the belief of God and country. Somebody who's willing to drill, 
bring back manufacturing and American jobs, farm the lands, secure our borders, build our military, fight the system all day, and finish a hard week's work by attending church on Sunday. Okay. 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 <laughs> okay. I, I don't even know. Okay, here's the part that I take the most issue with. Okay, first of all, let's just say what we agree with. God did make Trump. Okay, there you go. God did make Trumpery, and God made you, and God made me. So God did make Trump. Um, And you know what? If you want to say that he's strong and courageous, who's not afraid of the wolves when they attack, okay. I'm not totally sure if that's true. Like, not even talking about theology, but let's just think back to COVID. I mean, he was afraid to hire Fauci. And the reason he was afraid to hire or fire Fauci and the reason he was afraid to fire Fauci, he said, is because he knew that people at the New York Times and people on the other side would have completely eviscerated him. What? And I mean, Christopher Ray, there were a lot of fires that he could have done. I mean, he is the guy that is famous for saying you're fired and he couldn't do that to people like Christopher Ray or Fauci or Deborah Burks when they were running our country to the ground. So I'm not totally sure if that's completely true. But then it goes on to say a man who cares for the flock, a shepherd to mankind who will never leave nor forsake them. OK, so this is messianic language. This is the language of Jesus Christ or about Jesus Christ. That is who Jesus is. He is a shepherd to Christians, to his flock, who will never leave us or forsake us. Now, is that Donald Trump? Is that any politician? That's not Ron DeSantis. That's not Nikki Haley. That's not anyone. And it is also not Trump. What do you think about this, Brie? I just think it's really tone deaf because obviously a lot of his supporters are Christians. But at the end of that little clip, it says, you know, a man, God created a man who would do all this hard work and then attend church on Sundays. And I, it just, Does he? Does <laughs> it just he? makes me skeptical. I don't know. Um, yeah. I'm like, if you did attend a good church on a Sunday, then you wouldn't have condoned saying that you're Ooh. messianic, mm. you know, so... <laughs> And it's true. I think you would have run it by your pastor <laughs> and he would have looked at the transcript and he would have said, yeah, I don't think that we're going to go with this one. Yeah. But thank you yeah. for asking. Um, yeah, I don't think that I, I don't know, but I don't think that he attends church. And I know people are going to say, oh, you're just being judgmental. You don't know his heart. I'm not saying that I do know his heart. But again, as Bree very astutely just observed, if he were being discipled, as all Christians are to be discipled, I'm not sure that he would have called himself a shepherd to all mankind that will never leave us or forsake us. And like, this is the problem with politics in general. And this is something I think we especially see on the left is the idolatry of particular politicians as um as kinds of messiahs, people who are going to bring God's kingdom here on earth and are, they're going to fight all of our battles. They're going to go to war against the enemy. Now, I do think that is what people like about Trump is that he does seem like a warrior. He seems like a fighter. He seems like someone is going to push back. Now, I personally would push back on that depiction of Donald Trump. I would love to think of him as that. But again, going back to COVID and the policies that he endorsed and the people that he put in place and refused to take out of place like Fauci. I'm just not sure if that is an apt description of him. Look, he's got his strengths, but he also have has his weaknesses. And I think one of those weaknesses is that he sees himself uh, and a lot of his biggest fans see him as something that he is simply not. Um, something, something that simply cannot be backed by his record and the things that he has done and the things that he has said. In reality, I think he cares a lot what people think. I think he cares a lot what the left thinks. I think he cares a lot what moderates, uh, moderates think. I think he cares a lot what the New York Times thinks. I really, really do. I wish that were not the case, but when I see him in his campaign running to the left of people like Ron DeSantis, criticizing Ron DeSantis for his uh, heartbeat bill that he signed into law in Florida, making statements about 
uh, to Megyn Kelly about, you know, transgenderism and the validity of that movement um, in some ways. I'm not saying that he is like all on board with that. But I, I, I see someone who will really acquiesce to the progressive side. He's just this is my thing with Trump. I like a lot of things about Trump, voted for Trump twice. He's come on the show before. I'm very thankful for that. And of course, do I think that he would be better than Joe Biden? Yes. Any I mean, there are few people in this entire world that would not be better than Joe Biden, but he's not conservative enough for me. He's just not conservative enough for me. And so I'm not particularly swayed by what I think is a very blasphemous video. It's a blasphemous video to call yourself a shepherd. And I think it is an inaccurate depiction of how strong and brave he has actually been. Okay, this is not doing it for me. It's probably not doing it for most Christians. Now, there are some people out there like you are a MAGA till you die. And something has happened in your brain over the past few years where you absolutely refuse to see anything negative about Trump. Anything worth criticism. Every single, every single negative thing that anyone could say about Trump, no matter how factual it is. Uh, no matter how constructive the criticism is, like you will find a way to excuse it. You will find a way to justify it. You will find a way to get around it. You will find a way to describe it as a strategic maneuver rather than just what it is, a flub or an error or something. And I don't understand that. I don't understand that about any politician at all. I mean, Trump really does have a power like I've never seen to create a cult-like following. It is unbelievable. It's, it, it's really unbelievable. And I think this video speaks to that, that he can get up there in front of an ev- a bunch of evangelicals in Iowa and say, I am the shepherd that will never leave you or forsake you. And you'll have a lot of professing Christians applaud. Wow. Wow. We just all really need to be careful, really need to be careful when it comes to idolizing politicians. They're human beings who are going to live and who are going to die, who make mistakes all the time, and ultimately they will not save you. Politics are important. Politicians are important. Governments are needed. Presidents are needed. Elections matter, but they cannot ultimately save us. And good news, there is a shepherd who will never leave you or forsake you. And that is Jesus Christ. He's real. He's real. So if you're looking for that, you won't find it in Trump or in anyone else, but you will find it in Christ. Amen. All right. That's all I had to say about that. Uh, Let's move on to uh, some real cowards, some real cowards in our midst in just one second. And uh, but let me tell you, let me tell you about our next sponsor for the day before we get into that. And that is We Heart Nutrition. Um, I love this company. They're a supplement company filled with wholesome ingredients, and they also have wholesome values as a company. This is another uh, family-owned, Christian-owned company that I absolutely love, and uh, their products are specifically for women. Um, It's endorsed by midwives, too. I follow one of the endorsements that they have, Beautiful One Midwifery. They say that each supplement meets our standards for clean ingredients and maximum absorption uh, potential. We Heart Nutrition is a thoughtful brand that makes wholesome nutrition accessible for women. I've used the same supplements for years. I switched over to We Heart Nutrition. I use their postnatal vitamin. I use um, their omega-3. I use, um, let's see, their iron. And I can really tell a difference. And I'm so thankful to now work with a supplement company that shares all the values that um, that I do. And so I encourage you, if you're looking for uh, good supplements to complement your healthy nutrition and your healthy lifestyle, then you should check out We Heart Nutrition. Go to weheartnutrition.com. Use code Allie for 20% off. They have a 15-day, no questions asked return policy. Weheartnutrition.com, code Allie weheartnutrition.com code alley. Okay, we're going to talk about Governor DeWine from Ohio, but I actually wanted to talk about this other story first because it's a little bit more interesting to me. And that is this Christianity Today article that has been circulating recently. It actually came out in August, but 
for whatever reason, over the past couple of weeks, conservatives and Christians have been talking about it on X. And I think it's probably because Christianity Today recently posted about it. So this is the title. This is such a Christianity Today-esque title. Should I offer my pronouns? The subtitle is Gendered Language is Increasingly Controversial in Public Life. Christians are grappling with how to engage. And so right away, you see the air of nuance. This is such a nuanced topic, says Christianity Today, and we really need to wrestle with it. This is a this is a stance by a lot of professing Christians who claim to not be on the right or the left. They're politically independent. They're in the gray. They're in the mushy middle that I call it. And they're still trying to figure out this whole gender thing. What's the right thing to do? Is it pronoun politeness? Like Preston Sprinkle says, that I should respect someone's stated pronouns, even if I know it's a woman, I should call it, I should call her he, or if I know it's a man, I should call him she, just to be respectful, just to be polite, just to ingratiate myself to them so that I can be on their same level and then eventually become friends with them and share the gospel with them. That's that perspective. Um, And then you've got the other side, which is where I am, that says, well, no, we shouldn't lie. We're not going to bring someone to the cross of Christ through deception. I'm not going to affirm someone's delusion and affirm someone's deep sin and depravity by calling a man she in the hopes that affirming their sin is then going to lead them to the cross. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to lie. I can't be more loving than God. God made them male or female. And so I'm going to affirm what God says. And I am going to, I'm going to love them. I'm going to be kind to them. I'm going to be respectful in every way to them. But respect does not need to include the use of wrong pronouns, the use of lying. Um, Respect isn't really measured by how someone feels. Respect is measured by treating someone with integrity and truth and kindness and honesty. And anyway, um, that's those are the two different sides. And Christianity Today is trying to say, well, this is a really difficult conversation. I personally don't think it's difficult at all. But Christianity Today plays this game a lot. They try to say, well, there are so many different valid ways that Christians can approach this topic. And so here's what they go through. They kind of go through the different sides. Uh, She begins by telling the story of two employees at Houghton University, a Christian school in upstate New York, who were allegedly fired for using pronouns in their email signatures. I remember this. They were two. uh, There were two school employees, also students, who in their email signatures used like he, her or he, her. That would be funny. He, him, she, her. And uh, they were fired because of that. And the students refused to take the pronouns out of their bio because they put them in there so students would feel safe. Uh, the university denied in statements that they were fired because of that. The university ended up telling them that you have to take all extraneous items out of your um, out of your email signature, including pronouns, including Bible verses, which is just silly. I think that university was too scared to say, no, you cannot state your pronouns. You can't state your pronouns because that is against what we believe as a Bible-believing entity, institution. But they wouldn't do that. So they just said, no, we're just going to take everything out. Um, And so this is uh, the attempt of the Christianity Today author to say, look, this is really complicated. These student employees, they were just trying to love people. They were just trying to get people to feel safe. And look, they suffered the wrath of a Christian college just for being kind to their gender questioning. That's not the word she uses, but their gender questioning fellow students students. Uh, The article says, while some evangelical Christians don't mind identifying their pronouns, others believe that doing so or referring to someone by a pronoun that doesn't match their birth sex makes inherent ontological claims that should not be glossed over. Correct. Correct. Uh, Mark Yarhouse, a psychologist and head of the Sexual and Gender Identity Institute at Wheaton College, there's a lot to unpack there, uh, said this. We've reduced this uh, giant conversation. It's become so culturally sal- culturally salient that it raises the whole debate of a signature line. And Mark Yarhouse is in the camp of so-called pronoun politeness. So it is not surprising to me that he is uh, that he has made this claim, that he is on that side. Christianity Today writes, the stakes around language and gender are high. 
which I agree with. Uh, Some people argue that to not use their self-identified pronouns is to erase their existence. For them, pronouns are not just preferred. They are, in fact, the most accurate. Okay, but that's a ridiculous line. They are, to them, most accurate. Well, that something is not accurate to you. Something is either accurate or it is not. What are pronouns? That's the question. Are pronouns just indicators of how you feel that day? We did this whole uh, satirical interview with Kyle Mann where we went back and forth pretending like we are both progressives and going through these ridiculous claims about um, allowing your pronouns to correspond not just with what you think about your gender, but just what you think about your personality, what you think about your mood that day, how your stomach is feeling, whether you have indigestion or not. And obviously it's a joke, but it's making a serious point that if pronouns are really just about how you feel about your gender, why can't they just be about your feelings in general? They're not actually rooted in anything. They're rooted in just the ideas that you come up with about yourself that day. But that's not, of course, what language is. That's not what pronouns are. That's not what we see biblically, that these pronouns, this designation of male and female are rooted in biology. Um, And so it's, while Christianity today tends to give some credence to this idea that not using someone's self-identified pronouns is erasing their existence, um, or at least giving credence to people's feelings that it's erasing their existence. The fact of the matter is, is that it's not. It's not. It's not like you're saying, you know, bippity boppity boop, and you're no longer there. The person still exists. They're still standing there. It's not erasing their existence. That's ridiculous language. That's a ridiculous assertion. And it deserves no credence whatsoever. But here's the kicker. Here's something that Christianity Today says to try to give weight to this argument. And when mental health and suicidality are on the line, some advocates like the Minnesota Department of Health say that using a person's correct pronoun saves lives. There is no evidence of that. There's no evidence of that. There's no evidence that affirming someone's delusion that has been brought on by, you know, uh, many possible reasons could be true mental health, could be an addiction to porn, like we've talked about these before. Um, There are already serious issues going on there. There are already serious problems going on there. You know, my husband talks about when he was growing up, there was this man in town who would ride around on a bike in a dress. And everyone knew that this person was strange. Everyone knew that this person was off, that they had, you know, mental health problems. They left him alone. He lived his life. Everyone else lived their life. But now we're supposed to see that person riding around town, that man riding around town on his bike in his dress and say, yes, girl, you look great. And you are a woman. Can you please come teach my children kindergarten and read stories to them in the library? That's how much things have changed. Uh, And now we're told that if we don't do that, if we don't affirm that man riding on the bike at the edge of town in his dress, if we don't call that person a woman and celebrate that person and say she heard to that person, then their mental health problems are our fault. But there's not a case to be made for that. Uh, There's no evidence of that. And that is still not uh, a, a justified reason, a justification for lying and for affirming someone's delusion. This is called empathy shaming. This is called empathy bullying, empathy manipulation. When in the name of empathy, someone tries to coerce you into affirming their position, their wrong position, their morally, factually wrong position. And then Christianity does look at the other side, which I do appreciate. And what they say about the other side, I think is so much more, uh, so much more compelling. Uh, Travis Reimer, a pastor in Rhode Island, says, I see this as a creation issue and a gospel issue. I believe God's creation is good and designed for human flourishing. My call to love my neighbor is to want what's best for them. Yes. Let me say that again. He says, I see this as a creation issue and a gospel issue. I believe God's creation is good and is designed for human flourishing. My call to love my neighbor is to want what's best for them. Um, and then uh, the author also goes through things that Rosaria Butterfield has said, which we have talked about thoroughly on this podcast. We've had her on as well. 
And then the Christianity Today author adds her own assessment after looking at both sides. In a sense, much of the disagreement among Christians on whether to use personal pronouns boils down to priorities, which takes precedence, using language that reflects God's immutable design or using language that honors our neighbor's wishes and invites them into deeper relationship. Actually, that's a false choice, which is a logical fallacy. It's a false choice. I mean, if you listen to someone like Rosaria Butterfield's testimony, when she was invited into the home of friends um, and neighbors who did not affirm her sexual choices, who did not affirm her lesbian relationship, but loved her, were kind to her, and spoke God's word into her life, she eventually was converted to Christianity. Um, Laura Perry, who we've had on this podcast before, uh, she was brought back to the Lord after she tried to so-called transition into a man um, because of the relentless prayers and gospel sharing of her parents, who never called her a man, who never called her by her male name, who never called her by her male pronouns, uh, but continued to uh, bring her into their life, into their church life, and pursued her relentlessly. And so it's is a false choice. So you have to honor someone's wrong pronouns in order to have a relationship and a friendship with them, or you have to honor God and forego that friendship. Is that how God works? I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, I do think maybe frank conversations are necessary. I don't think you have to be necessarily uh, brash to someone, but if you are in a position of being uh, in a friendship with someone who identifies as the opposite sex than what they are, then you can have a conversation with them and say, look, I love and respect you as an image bearer of God, but I also know that God made you male or female, and I'm going to refer to you as that. And I understand if that makes you mad, I'm not trying to offend you. That's not my goal. I don't want to hurt your feelings, but I have to honor God and what God's word says. And so that's how I'm going to refer to you. I know people in that position who have done that and who have maintained those relationships. And that's really tough. That's really tough. But I do think that that is what we are called to do. We are called to do difficult things. The easy thing, the easy thing to do is always the worldly progressive thing and to call it loving. That's always the easy thing to do. And most people, by the way, who bow down on this pronoun stuff, they're not really trying to evangelize to these people. They just don't want to be called a bigot. So let's also be honest about that. Like Christians are called to courage and courage is contagious. Courage is attractive. And there's a way that we can be uh, courageous in this conversation about pronouns without being mean-spirited. Now, there will always be people who call you mean, who call you unempathetic, who call you hateful for not calling a man she, of course. But that's what Satan does. He exchanges the truth of God for a lie. Romans 1 is still alive and well. Do we need to affirm uh, the people in Romans 1? Do you think Paul was affirming the people in Romans 1 in order to try to bring them to the gospel? No, he said what their behavior was and how it dishonored God, and he wanted them to repent. And in the very next chapter, he says it's God's kindness that leads people to repentance. So right after he said that homosexuality is unnatural, it's against nature, and that uh, God will give those people a punishment, just a few verses later in Romans 2, he says God's kindness leads us to repentance. And if that is the case, and that means that God's kindness and calling out sin for what it is can and does go hand in hand. Um, so Christianity today uh, they've kind of taken a turn to the left for a while, trying to appeal to this mushy middle, which I really just, it breaks my heart to see so many Christians go towards that mushy middle and call it empathy and call it nuance and call it love and call it tolerance and inclusion and all of these things. When really in a lot of ways, I'm not saying in every single case, in a lot of ways, it is just um, it's just a way to sit on the fence. It's just a way to try to be loved by secular leftists and Christians alike. And so here are some examples of Christianity Today doing this. This is a magazine, by the way, that was started by Billy Graham. And so it's taking quite a turn. Uh, on immigration, evangelicals to Trump, don't deport our next generation of church leaders. Uh -huh. What? Don't deport our next generation of church leaders. Okay, so what? 
the government doesn't have a de- have a right to deport people who broke the law by entering the country illegally because they might be the worship pastor at your church next year. Come on now. Come on. That is the most ridiculous empathy shaming, empathy bullying, emotional manipulation argument that I have ever heard. That is absolutely silly. Now, who is who is saying this? None other than Russell Moore. He wrote the president and congressional leaders this week uh, to tell them, this is what the art, uh, article says. He didn't write the article, but he's quoted in it. To tell them that dreamers are leading in our churches and our communities and to find solutions that allow these young people to stay in our country long term and continue to be a blessing to our communities. I'm not saying that immigrants are not blessings to our communities, even people who are here, who came here illegally. I'm not saying that they are never productive and great community members, but a government has a right and responsibility to enforce the law and enforce its borders. Don't you see how sovereignty is not only right, but also compassionate, both for citizens and for migrants? If you look at the crisis that's happening at the border, the humanitarian crisis that's happening at the border, allowing people who are here illegally to be here incentivizes that dangerous, deadly track, and it crumbles our own sovereignty, our ability to enforce the law and to protect the rights of our own citizens. My goodness gracious. We don't have time to get into all of that. Um, Immigration is complicated. Advocating for dreamers is not, Christianity Today says. Max Lucado, Beth Moore, and hundreds of evangelicals call for immigration reform again. What's your immigration status? Divine. They're big on, these are all headlines. What's your immigration status? Divine. September 2017, Jesus was an immigrant and taught his followers to welcome and care for foreigners. (laughs) Oh my gosh, it's just horrible exegesis. It's horrible. It's horrible. How God Works in Spite of Immigration Status, August 2017. I'm actually in my new book that's coming out this fall, and it's about empathy shaming and empathy bullying. We have a whole chapter on immigration and what the compassionate and biblical approach to immigration is without falling into these empathy traps. Um, And then, of course, they don't like Trump. Criminal or not, Trump's case is a moral test for Christians by Russell Moore. Trump won't divide the church this time. Um, And that's not necessarily good news, says Russell Moore. Uh, Must pro-life mean pro-Trump? Of course, they don't believe that. Uh, February 2020, Trump should be removed from office. December 2019 on Christian nationalism. Christian nationalism cannot save the world by Russell Moore. I'm not saying that it can either, by the way, but I just disagree with how they define Christian nationalism. Um, Of course, Russell Moore has taken to the pages of Christianity Today to say that the Uganda homosexuality law is unchristian, unchristlike. We've talked about why I agree and disagree with that. Uh, What transgender people need from conservative Christians, Christianity Today asks. It goes on and on and on. Um, And then, oh, here's one that's relevant to our conversation today. Why the transgender conversation is changing by Mark Yarhouse on legislative bans of gender mutilating surgeries for minors. I'm not a fan of legislating around these complex clinical issues on either side. So Mark Yarhouse says that we should not protect children from chemical castration, that it should be perfectly legal for doctors to get paid to uh, chemically castrate 10-year-old boys and to give double mastectomies to 12, 13, 14 15-year-old girls who say that they're confused about their gender because they've been groomed by predators on Tumblr into thinking they're the opposite sex. Christian from Wheaton College, Mark Yarhouse, believes that that should be perfectly legal and that these doctors should continue to be incentivized by profit uh, to do this. That's a satanic position, Mark Yarhouse. That's a satanic position, okay? And Christianity Today gives credence to it by allowing him to argue that in their pages. Um, all right, where are we? Okay, I actually don't think we have time for Mark DeWine because I wanted to get to something else that was uh, lighthearted. Mark DeWine, okay, we know it. He is a coward. He decided to veto to veto legislation. Um, he decided to veto legislation that was going to ban this genital mutilating surgery for Minors. He vetoed House Bill 68, the Saving Adolescents from Experimentation Act, sponsored by Republican Representative Gary Click. So that's Republican Governor uh, DeWine from Ohio. But then he got so much backlash. He's now signed an executive order banning 
uh, banning genital mutilating uh, surgeries for minors days after vetoing that bill that would have done the same. So good job raising a respectful ruckus. But what a coward. What a coward. But good job pushing back on him. Um, We don't have the time right now to go into all the details of that executive order and what it actually means, but we'll try to save time for it later this week. Okay, let me tell you about our next sponsor before we go into the last segment of the day, and that is Good Ranchers New Year Same Meat Company. Um, I've been with Good Ranchers. They've been with the show for a long time. That means my husband and I have been using Good Ranchers for several years now, and we just love it. So we are getting back on track, my husband and I are, for healthy eating. And one of our goals is to protein max. And so we are eating a lot more protein this year, and we're trying to eat out a lot less. So that means we are eating Good Ranchers more than ever every single meal because we got our bacon from Good Ranchers. Uh, Usually for lunch, it's chicken or it's the ground beef patties. And then for dinner, we'll do cuts of steak or something like that. So we're trying to eat a ton of protein. And I just love getting our meat from all American farms and ranches and knowing it's high quality because it's from Good Ranchers. Again, this is another company Christian, conservative, love God, love America. You can just feel really good about spending your money there. So they've got this deal going on right now. If you go to goodrangers.com and you pick your box, you can use my code Allie and you can enjoy $189 of free chicken in 2024 plus $20 off your first order. So you get two pounds of pre-trimmed better than organic chicken with your order plus $20 off with my code Allie. Goodranchers.com, code Allie. Goodranchers.com, code Allie. Okay, I just want to talk about the Golden Globes because why not? Um, I never know that these things are happening until they're happening. And I started seeing some of the uh, some of the fashion online. And I like to talk about this. Uh, I like to rate their their choices. Uh, we have a new scale every time. I think one to 10. Let's do one is the best and 10 is the worst to this time, Brie. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, before we get into that, actually, let's go ahead and play this clip of Jim Gaffigan. He is a comedian who had uh, quite the quite the interesting joke at the expense of Hollywood. So here he is. The Golden Globes. I mean, I... I can't even believe I'm in the entertainment industry. I can't. I, you know, it's so unlikely. I'm from a small town in Indiana. I'm not a pedophile. You know? <laughs> okay. I mean, funny, but not funny. Because, you know, a lot of people in that room were uncomfortable because oh, they were like, oh. I feel like a lot of people in that room were like, ah, ha, ha, ha. Like, they're just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. He, that got an that got an applause. Yeah, I mean, nothing I think will ever beat Ricky Gervais. A few years ago, I forget which award show it was. It was that. It was the Golden. Globes. Was it the when Golden he Globes? Roasted everyone. Yeah, I loved that. And you know what's funny? Jim Gaffigan was announcing the award for they have a new category, best like stand up comedy special or something like that. And um, Ricky Gervais won, and it was tangibly kind of awkward when <laughs> he won. He wasn't there oh. um, because. Uh, I don't think he's ever going to show his face there again, but it was pretty funny because he was against like Amy Schumer and a bunch of liberal comedians. And, oh, that's and he won, so, so funny. Well, he's funny. Now, yeah. I don't agree with all of his jokes. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, OK, speaking of uh, speaking of comedians, have you watched Dave Chappelle's latest special? No, I've seen a lot of clips, but no. I yeah, I I it was really short, but the first part is really funny. If people haven't seen his Jim Carrey bit. And yeah, how he ends it, I hadn't seen it. I had not seen the clip online. And so I watched it on Netflix and I was not expecting it. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I was not expecting it. Okay, if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm sure you can find the clip floating around on X or something like that. Uh, but I, I do love a good roast Hollywood joke. Mm. So good for Jim Gaffigan, but also sad because it's true. It's true. It's true. Um, All right. Let's look at some fashion. Uh, Let's do. Let's do Margot Robbie first. Mid Margot Robbie. Mm -hmm. Can we pull up Margot Robbie? Oh, look at that Barbie girl. (laughs) Um, Okay. I 
love Margot Robbie. And when I say mid, by the way, I'm making a joke. Actually, this was my uh, my most popular episode last year. My most listened to episode last year was the one about Andrew Tate and Margot Robbie so and funny. people calling Margot Robbie mid. If she is mid, then I am negative 25. Yeah, what no does that for mean? any of us? If she's mid. <laughs> I know. What does that mean for all of us? Um, no, she's beautiful. And if you're just listening to this, she's got like a pink fitted dress on with uh, what looks like a pink boa. Mm-hmm. She's actually dressed like a Barbie. There yes. is a Barbie that ha- that's wearing that outfit. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I love that. Okay. I'm okay. So one is the best, 10 is the worst. And so I'm gonna go with honestly, I'm gonna go with a one. Wow. Because I think that she looks great. This is a great color on her. It's very well fitted. It's, you know, different enough without being weird. Mm-hmm. That's that's what I like. What about you? I'm gonna say four. Okay. Tell I think, me. I think she could have done better. Okay. Okay. Her stylist. Okay. Better, but she looks great. Yeah. Always. <laughs> what would what would you have changed, Brie? <laughs> I don't know. Her whole like Barbie press tour, she looked amazing. She was always dressed like an yes. actual Barbie. Yes, I love that. And she looked amazing all the time. And I don't know. This just doesn't do it for me, I guess. It's just the dress. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, let's go to Billy. Billy Eilish. <sighs> I'm sure I just don't get it. Like, I'm sure I'm just not cool enough to understand what exactly is going on here. (laughs) But, yeah, I think it's super ugly. Yeah. I mean, really ugly. I can't actually name one thing that I like about it. No, no. I don't like any of it. No, I'm going to go with a 10 because I think it's so ugly. And I think that Billie Eilish is beautiful. Yeah. But I know she's not going for pretty. She's not going for beautiful. Right. What do you think she's going for? Weird. I guess like quirky. A while ago, I know she mentioned that like people were making when she would wear form fitting things, people would make comments about her body when she was a child. So I think some of this is her reaction to that. And yeah. like, I'm not going to be sexy Hollywood star. Yeah. Um, Which I get. But I feel like there are ways to do that without this right right okay well i can say we can say that it's modest yes yeah she has that going for her so maybe i can give it a nine yeah oh okay yeah um because it's modest but i hate her hair (laughs) it's really bad it's really Um, bad yeah for me it's a 10 a 10 okay yeah she's really pretty but this is just so ugly it's like weird like um 1800s school uniform maybe 1940 <laughs> school skirt. uniform yeah. yeah for a giant <laughs> okay next one let's do taylor swift okay we've got taylor um i like it i like the dress i think it fits her perfectly i actually mm-hmm. like this color i don't typically like this color in general it's like a lime green a light green I'll go with a four. I'll go with the four. What would you okay. say? I would say six. Like it's not her best, oh. but I think she looks great. Okay, remember people. I'm ten biased, is though. ten is the worst. Ten is the worst, and that's oh, what you're sorry, saying. I flipped it. Then I would say four. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See your scale confused me. I know. I know. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah, I think I would have done something a little <laughs> bit different with hair and makeup, personally. Um, this reminds me as we're like judging these people reminds me of that meme that's like, um, someone like completely sloppy eating Cheetos in their bed, like in their sweatpants. And it's like me roasting celebrities <laughs> outfits. <laughs> like, that's how I feel right now. But I mean, obviously, because obviously she looks great. Yeah. But yeah, I'd probably go with a four one being the best i'm confused myself let's look at selena gomez no what in the 2013 no 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 it's giving prom dress for sure yeah for me a long time ago mm-hmm. oh no i'm gonna go with a nine i wow. think it's bad what do you think i would say eight i also think it's really bad but I don't know if it's all the way up there. Yeah. 
I mean, again, another beautiful person. Yeah. Just don't, I just don't like it. Bottom line. Bottom yeah. line. Okay, Elizabeth Olsen. Um, I uh, am frightened for her because she looks frightened. <laughs> I feel like she always looks like that. She does. They um, all do. She looks so much like her sisters. Wow. Yeah, I know. This okay. was actually one of my favorite ones. It was. Okay. Yeah. I The monitor that I'm looking at, it's very overexposed. So it's really hard for <laughs> me to see. <laughs> yeah. So it's just the white on white. Um, I guess. Okay. Again, I think that her dress fits her. It's hard to tell because she's against the white background with the white dress. Yeah. She kind of looks like she's getting married. Yeah. So I don't love that. Um, And she's also very fair. So this is yes. a hard look to pull off but it's not terrible she's very pretty but i will go with a wait one is the best okay i'll go with a five what do you think this is a one for me i think she looks amazing okay. i mean i know it's a little wow. risque because it's very like corset-y but mm. um i think it's great okay barry let's go with barry barry who who's I this had to, barry keegan i had keegan. to uh include a, a man here um <laughs> No, he looks like he is dressed as Marius from Les Mis. <laughs> That's what I think. Um, yeah, no. What? He also reminds me of, um, he kind of looks like, his outfit looks like something that Rufio from Hook would wear if he were to dress up for an award show <laughs> i hadn't thought of any of these you're right okay what do you think i think he looks really cool <laughs> you do. okay normally like the man the male outfits are like pretty basic and yeah boring. and i actually think he, he looks really good i don't like earrings on men um but aside from that i don't mind yeah it he at doesn't all. look bad he doesn't look like pedro <laughs> pascal from the met last year right like they, i feel like they feminize men when they try to do something different all the time with like flare pants and stuff and this isn't i mean aside from like some of the jewelry i guess this isn't super feminine you're right i mean he definitely looks handsome yeah okay fine <laughs> um i'll go with a i'll go with a four okay what's yours uh, one being the best <laughs> one being the best three okay yeah. okay well that's all we got here Bring it in the new year, y'all. Um, okay, well, let me tell you about our last sponsor. And then we'll we'll head on out. Maybe I have a couple other things to say. Uh, Jace Medical. So this past December, drug shortages hit a record high. And this is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments. You probably have experienced that for yourself. It's very scary. And when you think about being in an emergency situation, say you need an antibiotic and you're not able to get it, what are you going to do? So Jace Medical provides a way for you to have an emergency stash of antibiotics and even your prescription medications should you come up uh, to one of these shortages and you're unable to get the medications that you need. You go through their confidential telemedicine process. They get you a year supply of your prescriptions, a year supply of uh, needed antibiotics, and then you can stow it away. Hopefully, you'll never need it, but you have it just in case something happens. I think this is just a really good precaution to take for you and your family. We talk about being prepared about things, making sure you've got a water supply and food things like that in case of an emergency. You might not have thought about your medication, but this is something that you really need. Go to jacemedical.com today. Enter code Allie at checkout for a discount on your order. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Use code Allie. jacemedical.com, code Allie. All right, all right. That was our first episode of 2024. Let me know what you want us to talk about. This week, there's a lot going on. There's a lot. There's a lot that has gone on. Uh, I was asking Brie. Uh, there, I was asking Brie before we started what her predictions are for 2024, and she just told me that they're dark. They're dark, Brie. That's not good. Yeah, they are really dark. Mm. I know there are a couple that I think are kind of out of pocket that are positive. Um, like one of them is I I believe that Lil Nas X is gonna become a Christian. And he is going to talk about it unrelatable. Yeah, and he's gonna come <laughs> on the show and talk about it. He's always spewing all these satanic things. I think it's gonna flip. 
that's that's a positive one for you. Okay, okay. <laughs> I would love that. Mm-hmm. Would absolutely love it. Um, do you have another positive one? <laughs> um, I, you know, I don't know if I could think of one. I well, okay. I'm sorry. I'm gonna bring her up again. I do think Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey are gonna get engaged. <gasps> I think wow. that's gonna happen. I know everyone's when? saying they're gonna what break month? up. What month would you guess? October. I was gonna say October too. I don't know why. Isn't that like a Taylor Swift month or something? I don't know. I feel like you people <laughs> celebrate. That's Taylor a valid Swift. question, but I don't think so. Okay. Um Okay, I like those predictions. I like those Lil Nas X is gonna become a Christian. Taylor Swift is going to get engaged. Do you think they will get married? That's a different question. I don't. <laughs> oh, no. I don't. Oh, oh no. Sorry. Okay, I'll have to think more about my predictions because I'm just thinking so politically with it being an election year. Um, so I don't know. I, I, I definitely don't have pop culture predictions. <laughs> I, I don't want to think that something bad's going to happen. But again, it's an election year. It's been four years since COVID, believe it or not. Crazy. Four years yeah. since COVID started anyway um and so i don't know gosh i don't know i don't even want to think about it i'm like what's the point of even predicting anything thankfully related fam god is in control and he is totally sovereign he has written every single one of our days before any of them have come to be and there is nothing that can ever surprise him or throw him off or take him aback He's never looking down from his throne saying, oh, my gosh, how did you get into this mess? Let me come in and try to clean it up. No, he is suspended in the eternal now. So he is not constrained by linear time like we are. He knows everything that is going to happen. And Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. Hebrews 13, 8. And our job is only ever to do the next right thing in faith with excellence and for the glory of God. We don't have the capacity to care about everything everything or to fix everything. We just have to do the best that we can for his glory and with his strength. All right. That's all we got time for today. We will see you back here tomorrow. 